This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. And I feel like it's so expensive to go out to brunch. Not like even as grownups with two grownups or like a group of friends. But if you try to add kids in the mix, it's like goodbye your paycheck. You (laughs) you just spend it all on brunch. And why? To feel gross afterwards? No, thank you. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stacey, how are you? I'm good. I'm getting acclimated to regular life again. Yep. It's our first recording post-spring break vacations. It is not easy, but I'm but I'm doing it. <laughs> doing it. <laughs> you know what the thing is? It's like one thing when everybody's doing the same thing. And then like I go off and I like check in on work a little bit or like I do my own thing. And then it's another thing to come back and have to manage three different lives, like my own and then like my own personal, then my own work, and then the two boys, like yeah. each of them, schoolwork, playdates, sports. It, then it's like, oh my gosh. And then like managing the house and then meal plans and cooking. And it's that, you know, it's just, it's a lot. 
It's just a lot, Megan. I know it's a lot. I do. So it just takes a little getting used to when you've been, you know, just kind of chilling. Yeah. It feels like you need a vacation from your vacation. Yes, it does. And we're actually going to meet up in person soon. I know. April is a really exciting month, I feel like, because one, April Fools, which we didn't really talk about, but I think April Fools is really fun. And I love to do the super silly trick of covering cereal with milk and freezing it and then giving it to the kids for breakfast. This year, they were not that into it. They were kind of like, okay, mom. (laughs) I love it. We get it. But also, (laughs) (laughs) April is Easter month. Yeah. And Easter is one of my favorite holidays, which is why we're going to talk about brunch today. Yeah, man. (laughs) Because that's what people do, right? Right? Easter brunch. I have a thing about Easter, too, that we'll get to. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Mm. But then this April, I get to see you in Austin for Mom 2.0. So I'm really excited for that. I'm very excited to see you too. It's going to be nice fun. to see you in real life. Yes. In real in, life. In IRL. IRL. <laughs> the other thing that I'm starting in April, like starting this week, is a 100-day project. Have you heard of this? It's a hashtag that's now like started as a movement. And there's a whole website associated with it. And the idea is that you do something every day for 100 days starting April 2nd. Um, that fuels your creativity. And this may seem like a stretch, but I decided to do 100 days of moving, of movement, because I got really sort of complacent in the winter and I wasn't like moving my body every day. Like I know that I need to. So I'm like walking. We joined the Y. I'm going to do yoga and do my bounce classes. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit of that on my Instagram at Stir and Scribble. Awesome. And people should be sure to catch up with you as you re-enter real life post-vacation. Yeah, I'm as not. Casey I moved my body a little bit, but <laughs> not that much. So it probably won't be as interesting as what's happening on Stern Scribble. But I am at Stacey Billis, and I don't know. You'll probably just see me frazzled. But I like <laughs> this, you know, I don't know. Um, but I do, I love this 100 days thing. That's very cool. Yeah. Is there anything you think you could do for 100 days? That's that would a really good fuel question. your creativity? Oh, it's to fuel my creativity. I was going to go in a different direction. You could. I mean, you could. I think it's very, it's very open-ended. It started as like an artist and photographer's project, but – I think people have done so many variations. So what could you do for 100 days? What could I do for 100 days to fuel my creativity? Oh, gosh, that's such a really good question. I would really like to read more, to be Mm. honest. Um, Yeah. So just finding time to read something than something other than like social media or like Us Weekly or a cookbook. So just, you know, maybe taking 20 minutes every single day minimum to read fiction is what I would try to do. Any particular type of fiction, Stacey? So I actually love reading (laughs) true crime, which is nonfiction, obviously. (laughs) Um, So I'd really like to expand my horizons. And I would probably, if I had 100 days where I was doing it consistently – I guess 100 days isn't that much time. It's three months, basically. Three months. So I don't know. I could maybe fit in what, like, I'm a pretty slow reader, to be honest. So that would probably only be like two books for me, if I'm being real. Yeah, I'm a really slow reader. In 20 minutes a day, you know, just 20 minutes a day. Yeah. So I would probably choose like 
a bestseller just to like pull me in something that everybody's saying like, oh my gosh, you have to read this. Yeah. And that could pull me in. And then I might challenge myself with something a little more heady. I tend to say as a blanket statement that I hate period pieces. Interesting. I know. And that's like a dumb thing to say. Like what? Like, so you hate anything that takes place in another time where people wear different clothes? <laughs> like what kind of dumb statement is that that I've just made? So I would probably try something like I would challenge myself okay. with the second book. We should talk about that because I love historical fiction. Like oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite genres to read. Oh, um, that's so not me. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> So we yeah. should put like a poll at, or like ask a question in our listeners group and see what people would suggest you read. I have a couple That's suggestions a I can add um, for both your like true crime book and then maybe one historical fiction. Because I feel like there's been a couple in the last couple years that I've like really enjoyed and would recommend to you. Okay, great. I like really dramatic stories. Okay. As you might guess. I've got some. <laughs> I've got some for you then. Okay. And then yeah. the other thing that I will link to in the show notes is this cool 100-day project tracker that I printed off from, I think her name is Elise Cripp. She has the, she makes the get to work planner, get to work book. It's a planner. And she has this free printable that's like a little 100-day checklist that you can awesome. use if anyone else wants to do that. I know- when this airs, it'll be like a week behind. But honestly, you can start your 100-day project wherever you want to. You know what I would not want 100 days of? What? Brunch. Brunch? <laughs> oh, my God. Can we? Okay. So we were going to dive like, right in. Right. So yes. we were thinking, should we do an Easter rest, like an Easter episode? And then we were like, Yes, because uh. I love Easter. I think it is the most fun, like, welcoming of spring. I love all of the, like, historical backing, the, some of the religious aspects of Easter I enjoy. I think it is the holiday with the best candy, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I know you think that. I love decorating eggs. It's basically, like, all my favorite things in a couple weeks span, except I don't enjoy brunch, which is, like, what a lot of people do for Easter. I hate Easter. Do you? So, is it because you have to celebrate um, Orthodox Easter? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. You totally hit the nail on the head. So growing up, my Easter was always on a different day than every other Easter. Yeah. And it just was like very uncomfortable. When you're a kid, you want to fit in. And I have to admit that I was never that kid who cared quite as much as the other kids about fitting in. But, like, Easter just really made me feel out of place, yeah. you know? And it was like, no, it's Greek Easter. It's Orthodox. No, nah. it's like I always had to explain. Like, it wasn't Passover and it wasn't regular Easter. But, but yes, no, it's the same Easter. It's just we follow a different calendar. Just took all this explanation. Our eggs are only red. They're not yeah. other colors. That's annoying. It's, it's not, not as even, fun. Yeah, it's not even yeah. on a fixed day. Our church, you have to go – and I know other other Catholics do this, I think, but you go like really late at night on Friday. You stay there forever. You have to go around the church, and then you go home, and then Greeks eat like at 1 o'clock in the morning this soup that has intestines and liver and <laughs> kidneys of a lamb, and you're like, what the f And it's just like – I, I, it just wasn't fun. It was different. It was like really out there. I was pretty proud to be a Greek kid growing up. 
that this was just on the edge for me. I only laugh because I just picture like little Leo Stacy just <laughs> rolling her eyes yes. and giving so much attitude to yes. everyone late yeah. night having to eat yes. the soup. Yes. Not I'm there with you. Happy. Oh, and also my mother, who I love very much and is going to listen to this and I'm definitely going to get attitude for this, but my mother wasn't the most like planned ahead person. Like so Christmas, it was that kind of thing where on Christmas Eve we'd be running through the mall and I'd be like, oh, that's cute. What? You want it? You want it? Okay, great. Let's get it. Here, Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So for Easter, Greek Easter, you really have to like plan ahead because – If Greek Easter comes after regular Easter, the baskets, the candy, it's all gone. Or you get the bargain basement stuff that's on sale at CVS or, you know, at the drugstore. So like half the time, my Easter basket was really crappy and because she didn't plan ahead. And it was just like the dregs of what was left over. And then like she never had a story planned for the Easter bunny. It's like, well, the Easter bunny already came for all my friends. What why does the the Easter bunny knows I'm Greek? Like what's the story there? Get your story straight, lady. Like plan ahead. So, you know, there was that aspect of it too when I was really little. The whole thing was just eh. So now for my kids because my husband's Jewish, So Easter falls on me. My kids experienced Greek Easter. I like tried to have an Easter bunny story lined up for when they were little, but they very quickly figured it out. And I had to kind of just like separate the Easter bunny from Santa Claus, which I take Santa Claus very, very seriously. Do you? We should. I want to dive into that a little bit. Because oh, when my nine year old still believes we have footprints through the house. Oh, yeah. It's for real. You do that. Oh, yeah. I I'm went very through invested. a couple years when Ella, our oldest, was really young where I was like, do we really want to like continue this myth of Santa? Neither my husband nor I are very religious. So there's no – I don't know. It's like hard. We don't have those those strong traditions where we can sort of link Christmas back to, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ and all that stuff. But I was like, I feel like it's weird to perpetuate this idea that there's like this creepy old white dude who comes down the chimney and leaves you guys. Gifts. Santa also, can be black like, or Hispanic oh, or Asian. But, but yes, know, I know. In I representation. Know. And that's yes. an issue with it, right? Yes, 100%. And like, I kind of want the credit. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I want the gift credit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, I spent weeks shopping for these things for you. I wrote down everything you said you wanted in the last year so I could just really nail it. And then some dude who doesn't exist comes down to the chimney and gets all the credit. Or and a some white dude, bunny, no less. Some bunny, which, yeah. like, what? Well, that's creepy. None of that makes any sense to me at all. Comes to your house and leaves a basket. I don't know. I know. It's all very weird. But – I don't know. There's something about the magic of it that I really like. Yeah. That's fair. So So now, how do you guys do – like, what do you say to them about the Easter Bunny? Okay. So the Easter Bunny lost its magic a long time ago, which obviously because I'm not invested. So they don't really believe in the Easter Bunny. But we don't talk about it. And I finally realized last year that I think that even subconsciously they've put together – that saying out loud that the Easter Bunny isn't real starts to um, like pull at the thread, 
You know, it's the same yeah. with the tooth fairy. Like, yeah. well, Isaac, obviously, he's 12 now, and he asked about Santa last year. So he he's aware, but he he was in. sad yeah. when he realized about Santa. He was not mad. He was just sad. But he says now that he appreciates the years he had believing in Santa, and he really, really helps a lot with keeping up the facade with Oliver. But, you know, so it's all over with him. But Oliver and then Isaac before last year, it was like the tooth fairy they kind of knew wasn't real and the Easter bunny they knew wasn't real, but it's like they don't talk about it and neither do I. Because once you start to yank at that thread too hard, the whole thing unravels. You have to start questioning everything. And I think Ultimately, everybody just wants to believe in Santa as long as possible. So also, they wake that up, Santa is a-, a person and not an animal or a fairy helps a little bit. It gives him staying power, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think they just want to believe in the magic of it. You know, I just don't. Yeah. So, you know, they wake up on Greek Easter. Usually Easter has happened already for everybody else. There's an Easter basket. It has candy. Oliver's like, the Easter Bunny came. And then he just starts eating chocolate first thing in the morning, and he's happy, and he doesn't question it, and that's that. Like, who cares where the chocolate came from? Exactly. For us. And yeah. there you go. And it's over. So I don't know. Do your kids get an Easter basket? They do, because I'm very into it. And also, I think my mom was into it. I, like – I think Christmas was always harder for us because right. my mom was a single mom and – it's harder to afford, and there's always, like, these big expectations around Christmas. Yep. But Easter is, like, a gift-giving or can be a gift-giving holiday, and it's lower key, and it comes at a time when there are fewer expenses around the rest of our life, if totally. that makes any sense. Like, Christmas is expensive because there's lots of gift-giving happening all at once. There's no expectation that you're, like, taking an Easter basket to your neighbors like there is totally. So we always got, when I was growing up, like a new outfit, usually to wear to church or something that we needed. Sometimes it would be like socks and underwear, honestly. A toothbrush, a small <laughs> toy, and then like all the Easter candy. My mom gave a toothbrush at every holiday. The, the Santa Claus puts a toothbrush in the stocking. It's like tradition that's carried on. That's very So we cute. always got a toothbrush at <laughs> Easter. So I pretty much do the same thing for my kids. Um, and the Easter bunny usually hides eggs. And so like everyone wakes up and they check out the Easter basket and then empty the Easter basket to go find the eggs. And there are usually like treats in the eggs as well. And then for the long time when we were still living in Atlanta, we always got together with my husband's family for brunch Yep, on Easter day. Yeah. Which was yep. like a ham and, you know, all the things that you associate with brunch now. I will say I do I do like brunch at home. It's kind of nice, but I do not enjoy going out to brunch. And I feel like there's this weird Instagram culture or maybe it's millennial culture. I don't know where it came from where it's like brunch is cool, everyone's into brunch. I am not here for it. I am not How do you feel here about for it brunch. Either. So I used to love brunch. Although okay. in retrospect, I actually went to brunch recently with Mike, my husband. And we, like, did it the way we used to do it. Like, you know, it was, I don't know, noon or 1230. I had a mimosa. Like, I ate with abandon. 
And I felt like crap afterwards. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I cannot believe we used to do this all the time. Like every weekend before we had kids. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe it's because we have kids. Maybe it's because I don't sleep as much. Except my kids are older now. I sleep on the weekends. Like I don't have to wake up. I think I felt like crap then too. (laughs) I don't – like I was up (laughs) later and I drank more the night before in fact, I think I probably felt crappier then. <laughs> like, now yes. I exercise and get a full night's sleep. Like, I'm healthier today than I was when I was 27. So why did I wake up after being hungover and then, like, roll my to someplace where I ate tons of unhealthy food and then I drank more and then I was tired all day? Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't – it. It just doesn't seem enjoyable. Also, I feel like brunch is a racket at restaurants. Like, yeah. It's all cheap food, basically like potatoes and eggs. Even mimosas are like cheap because you're cutting the champagne with, with orange juice. So you're, you're like not serving as champagne. much of Yeah. And I feel like it's so expensive to go out to brunch. Not like even as grownups with two grownups or like a group of friends. But if you try to add kids in the mix, it's like uh. – Goodbye, your paycheck. You <laughs> you just spend it all on brunch. And why? To feel gross afterwards? I no, thank agree. you. And tired. Tired. I mean, take our episode on dining out with kids and then take everything we said about what makes it hard and like multiply it by a thousand because it's not even like you get to like burn your money and then come home and then put them to sleep for the night. Like, yeah. you do no, all you that. have to do the rest of the day with, yes. like, a small buzz and then a headache. Yes. yes. And then they're, like, awake. And they're, like, let's go to the playground. And you're, like, oh, my God, no, yeah. I'd rather die. Or, like, <laughs> let's do this project. And you're, like, mama just needs to sleep. Please. Yeah. Let's like, all take a nap right now. It's because the really only other bad. option after brunch <laughs> to like avoid the hangover is to just keep drinking, and that's like t- a terrible choice if you're a parent. <laughs> it's for so many so reasons, bad. on so many levels, it's just bad. It's just a bad idea. So I feel like at this point, the only way to do brunch, I've decided, is to host a brunch at home. Either with other families where the kids all go and play, right? Or like a girl's brunch at home and the dads have to take care of the kids. I mean, and I say that because I'm a girl, you know what I mean? Like, and I'd like to hang out with my girls. Or like, you know, you have your friends. Fine. It doesn't have to be all girls. Whatever it is. Yeah. And then like your partner takes care of the kids and like you're off duty. Yeah. I think that's the only way to do it now. Parents off duty. You're right. Yes. So I do – I will say on the surface, I love the idea of brunch. I I love breakfast food and I do actually like day drinking. I think I've said this to to you, Stacey, before that like I would much rather drink in like the afternoon and and, like lose my buzz and drink lots of water and go to bed not being drunk than like – Drink late night. I can't get down but with I, that at all. <laughs> I don't know why. It just I mean, I'm I, I tired just, the whole rest of the day. The thing for me is that sleep, I'm very protective of my sleep because I have insomnia and I struggle with sleep and I struggle with the sleep schedule. So it's really hard for me to go to bed 
drunk, like, or with a buzz, whatever. I don't even drink that much. So it's kind of like a non-issue, but my preference would be to like have a glass of wine in the afternoon and be done with it before bed, like long before bedtime. I mean, wine (laughs) makes me go to sleep. I'm like (laughs) half, like three quarters through my wine. I'm like, good night. <laughs> I'm out. But so I do think brunch at home is the only way to go because brunch out is too expensive. It's too crowded. And it's like just the terrible dining out with your kids experience multiplied times three, in my opinion. I agree. But so for our lightning round, we yeah. should jump into what are your favorite things to make for brunch at home? Okay, but wait, can before we do that, can I just please? I know I do this every time. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I You're love like, it. let's wrap it up. And I'm like, wait, one more thing. One more thing. I came across a post that I oh, just yeah, have to we share. can't skip this. I have to share on our show notes. I'm not even gonna call out the blog on the site. I mean on the podcast. You're just gonna have to go to our website to see. It's the name of the post is. Why an quote unquote Earth Mother brunch is the best way to welcome spring. I cannot reason you've been waiting for. I have to click on this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, the thing is, like, jokes on me because I'm like, oh my God, this makes me want to like kill everybody. But then I'm like, oh, that's cute. Oh no, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. But it's hilarious. And Earth Mother brunch. And like all the photos are like all the women are wearing like long, beautiful dresses. And everything's made out of like wicker and rattan in the most beautiful backyard. Oh, look, you can buy this birdhouse for your brunch. Okay. Lights are a must. (laughs) Lights are a must. I have so many issues with this, including that it's a bagel bar you guys it is. what is earth mother <laughs> brunch about this you just got to the point exactly it's a bagel bar it's a bagel bar which i do love a bagel bar i do too don't record. get me wrong but it's a bagel i was expecting bar. like chickpea salads and farro with cucumber no. and mint dressing girl it's throw a some bagel bar effing bagels <laughs> But when you throw out bagels with handmade birdhouses and rattan, you know, or like macrame runners on your table, it's an Earth Mother brunch. I just thought this was hilarious. The thing about it is exactly what you said, which is like, I hate it and also I want it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. I here's what I put on my like, everything okay. bagel. <clears throat> Here's what I put on my everything bagel and lock spread. Yeah, bagels, smoked yeah. salmon, cucumbers, tomatoes, onion, radishes, chives. Oh, cream cheese, lemon. Wedges, I'm pretty sure I'm buying this potting table. This worked really well as an ad. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, but this is this sigh. is a good. This is hilarious. But actually, yes. it is very beautiful. And it's it did make beautiful. bagel bars look elevated. Uh, I'll say that much. I do. I will say I think a bagel bar is actually a really easy and inexpensive way to do brunch and make it seem elevated and kids Amen. and still be like kid friendly. 
Yes. Amen. So I am making fun of it, but actually, if you go to the site, if you go to the show notes and you click the link, it's actually a really beautiful Didn't presentation. Didn't I just feed you.com there and you we'll go. link to this Earth Mother brunch. <laughs> I have no idea why it's called that, but it is a gorgeous presentation and a very affordable brunch option. And kids yeah. would love this and it looks beautiful. And it's just it's bagels, a vibe, Stacy. That's it's all a, it is. It's, it's a, vibe. a vibe. Okay, so this it's is a, a perfect vibe. segue. What are your other <laughs> favorite <laughs> easy, affordable homemade brunch recipes? A bagel bar, yeah. Or and or you could do like a uh, same sort of set, a similar setup and do like a waffle bar and have both like yes. savory and sweet options. And you could make the waffles beforehand, or you could just or you could just like have a bunch of waffle batter and let people make their own waffles, which is I a little that. bit fun. I've never done that before. I've had stuff made like pancakes and toppings made, but I've never had I've never had people yeah. make their own waffles. When we were in Lake Tahoe for spring break, we had sort of like an Airbnb kerfuffle and we ended up staying one night at this hotel that I'm obsessed with called the Coachman Hotel. I'll link to it in the show notes. And they had like two really nice waffle irons set up because they have like continental breakfast. And one, I was like, oh, this is such a great idea because they just had the little like batter dispensers right next to it and like the spray and people helped themselves to to waffles. But I did watch so many like people who didn't read the sign that's like spray with this much spray, put this much batter in it and watch like seven people <laughs> overflow the waffle iron yeah. and like have to clean it up. So that being said, if you're going to set up like a waffle bar and ask people to do it, make sure that you clearly display instructions, like how much batter that they need to spray at first. And you could do the same thing for pancakes and set up like, um, what is it called? An electric griddle. Yeah, electric That's what I'm griddle. Of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love brunch casseroles. Like you can take croissants and make kind of like a bread pudding breakfast bake that's either savory or sweet. What about you? That. What are some of your favorite easy at-home brunch recipes? So uh, building on your casserole, I'm like a strata is my go-to for brunch. So oh, it's yeah. basically like a savory or usually savory bread pudding. Usually savory. You can make yeah. them sweet for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you just take bread and you can buy it. It's great because you, if the bread is stale, even better. So you can buy the bread the day before, even two days before, so that the day before you can prep the strata, cut it in cubes, cover it with eggs and throw in whatever. I like like corn and canned green chilies and like Monterey Jack cheese for that kind of vibe. If you want to go spring and like do something more brunch and a little bit more elevated, like pecorino and peas and asparagus. And then at the end, put like a little bit of prosciutto around it if you eat meat. Um, but you can do like a million things. And if you search online, we'll put some links for strata recipes in the show notes that, um, we love, but it's just so versatile, so easy, and you can prep it the night ahead and then just pop it in the oven before your guests come and put it out and people just scoop it. It's like a big casserole. Yeah. Feeds a crowd easily. Yeah. It's so great. I also love, um, I really love like Mexican and Tex-Mex style breakfasts. So, you know, doing like um, 
oh, I just lost the name of it, um, with the tortillas and all the salsa. Like a and chilaquiles. Then, yes. Thank you. Yes. Love that too. And it's good when the tortillas get soaked. So you can just kind of yeah. soak it and then have it sit and then heat it up and crack the eggs right before your guests come. And you can do that like in a big cast iron pan um, or even like a bigger sheet pan and have it straddle two burners if you have a bigger group coming. Yeah. I also love this recipe that I adapted from another site, but it's on onehungrymama.com and I have the credit there. So I can't remember offhand, but again, I'll put it in the show notes for a yogurt panna cotta, which sounds fancy, but actually it's just a matter of adding a little bit of gelatin so that you get a nice texture out of the yogurt, like a custardy texture. Again, it's totally make ahead and it's just delicious because if you make one of these like you know, if you make a bagel bar or something, you have a nice like yogurt, protein, something a little bit tart and sweet on the side. And I used to make it with cider jello on top and Ooh. it's really delicious. So you make the panna cotta and then right before, once it's firm, you make ci- apple cider jello and then you just pour it right on top and let it harden. And again, make it the day before and you just pull it out in little cups. And it's just a really nice touch. What else? And then like a big salad. I like having salad at brunch. Yeah. I do feel like a salad anytime you're hosting is like way underrated. Like yeah. people don't think to make it, but it's an easy way to feel fill people's plates. And like if you unexpectedly have someone who's like gluten-free and can't eat bagels or someone who's dairy-free and can't eat whatever you prepared, then you can like quickly fry them an egg to go over a salad. And it's really beautiful. I want to throw something out that's less fancy, bougie than any of the ideas. What about doing a brunch that's like just breakfast cereals? I love that because I was going to say also just like all different bar ideas. You know, Gabby of What's Gabby Cooking has on her site like tons of like bars, like entertaining bars. Brunch boards, yeah, bagel boards. And I was thinking just like a really fun like cereal bar. And I think if you do like a really fun presentation, like put out like almond milk and soy milk and regular milk. And yogurt, like you were saying, that's a great option. Yeah. And you can have everything from like fancy locally made granola or homemade granola, if that's your thing, to like your favorite um, sugary cereal from when you were growing up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That could be really fun and easy. And you could ask people, like, we're going to have a cereal bar. Bring your, like, most favorite secret cereal. I don't want to say guilty pleasure because I hate that. But, um, you know, the cereal you don't want to know – you don't want anyone to know that you love to eat secretly and share. And it'll, I bet there's so many great conversations, like, what people were allowed to eat breakfast cereal-wise growing up and what they weren't. And I also love that idea, like, turning it into something interactive and potlucky too. Yes. Because I think that that is something that when parents are entertaining, we forget to do. Like we're all in the same boat. (laughs) Like it's hard for all of us. And I think we're all happy to help each other. And, you know, we started off joking about brunch, like brunch, but actually we're all kind of tired. Getting together at night can be hard because sometimes you need a sitter or, you know, like it yeah. just can be hard to coordinate. 
So getting together on a weekend morning or late morning, early afternoon can actually be really fun, especially if you're going to get a whole bunch of the kids together and have them play in the backyard now that it's spring. And so like having everybody pitch in so that it's kind of the work is distributed is a really nice way to make sure that you continue to get together, to gather with neighbor and friends without putting any of the pressure on one single family or one single person. And show your kids that, you know, food is something that you doesn't have to be a huge chore or a huge weight. And it's something that we gather over and it doesn't have to be difficult and stressful. Here, here. I want to end it there, but I also want to add that Potlucks are really great. I feel like there's something happened where when I was growing up, my mom, we used to do potlucks all the time. Maybe it was because she was a single mom. She also had a community in AA and NA that would do potlucks a lot. And I feel like now that I'm a grown up, no one ever does potlucks anymore. It's just like everyone brings something. And I think we kind of need to bring the potluck back, especially as we're all in this season that we're so tired and we're so busy with our kids. Like, if everyone can bring a little something to brunch, it would make the host job so much easier. Totally. And it would create so many good conversations and sharing of cultures in a way that we really just need more of. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I actually just had one more idea that I want to share. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> also with thinking about, you know, um, supermarket shortcuts, mm-hmm. if you have a source of you know, for like store-bought quiches that you like that are really simple and plain, getting a couple of them and then finding different ways to top them. So we've talked before about like just roasting a whole bunch of tomatoes, like cherry tomatoes doused in olive oil and good crunchy sea salt. Or, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, chicken cutlets and just tossing like fennel with olive oil and Parmesan, like taking a few toppings like that. So heating up the store-bought quiches that are just simple and plain, and then covering them with those homemade roasted tomatoes or that homemade fennel salad and putting out just two or three, that's also really beautiful and pretty simple. And then combine that with the potluck. Yes. Ask someone to bring a banana bread. Ask someone else to bring some muffins. Put out a pot of coffee. And that's a really beautiful, well-rounded brunch. A little fruit salad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't talk about quiche. I'm so glad you said it because I know that our listeners would be like, uh, hello, Stacey and Megan. What about quiche for brunch? <laughs> yeah, totally, right? And just some yeah. vegetables and dip, too, is another yeah. great one because it's spring. And like – Store-bought dips. Store-bought dips can be really yeah. good and now. there's so many good veggies right now too. So yeah. why not do it? All right, Stacey, before we sign off, what were your top three food emojis oh this week? Oh my gosh, I have to look. I have to look. I know. Usually we text each other before we record so we know. Oh, I I'll have. go. Yeah, you go first. Okay, so this is funny because in the last episode, I was like, oh, I have the croissant emoji yeah, I and remember. I don't know why – And then this week, this past weekend, I was like, I really, like, have a hankering to just do a baking project. That was pretty amazing. Because that's sort of, like, de – it's weird. I know it seems like a lot of work on the outside. I know everyone de-stresses in a different way. But spring break was, like, not super restful for me, and I felt like I needed to do something that was, like, purely fun and for myself. And so – 
We made croissants. I say we. I made croissants from scratch <laughs> at home. So one of my emojis this week, again, is the croissant. And I saved it as a highlight on my Instagram at Stir and Scribble. And I actually have some questions in my DMs that I'm going to answer um, over the coming weeks about how to make croissants at home. And I and doing it just reminded me baking and pastry is like why I started in food. I wanted to like have a little bake shop. So I went to culinary school and my focus is actually in baking and pastry arts. And my life, my daily life and writing life is like kind of far away from that. And I want it, I think getting back to that every once in a while brings me back to myself and makes me feel refreshed in a way, even though it's a ton of work. So I croissants, bacon. I don't know why bacon. Because it goes with and croissants. Cake. Duh. I know. We just honestly, we ate croissant. We ate a whole batch of croissants, the four of us, over the course of a Sunday. I'm jealous. <laughs> like, I don't even want to know how much butter we consumed, but mm. it was so good. Um, and the cake. Why the cake? I don't know. Oh, why? Um, oh, why cake? <laughs> why cake? Because it's what my could life. Be? <laughs> Maybe I'm working on something else cake related. That's very soon. delicious food emojis. Mine are very different. Say or send I think them to mine me. I want to see. Must be um, still like in a Peruvian mindset. Mine is the chili pepper. Okay. The avocado and grapes. Ooh. Yeah. It's also like very healthful. I, I guess so. <laughs> Groups are really like a big thing in Peru, which I didn't expect. Although I oh, think really? that has to do with snack time here. And the chili yeah. pepper, I don't know. I don't know. My best friend was here last week from Los Angeles and she's vegetarian. So she eats a lot of avocados. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. There you go. <laughs> there they are. Love Yours sound more exciting, to be honest. <laughs> They're definitely more baked goods related, right? Yeah. Um, a good place to keep up with us and our projects is Stacy is at Stacy Bellas on Instagram and I am at Stir and Scribble. And you can also find us both as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook. And we mentioned at the top of the show our secret, secret private listeners group. And the answer to the secret question is whiskey. And listen, if you don't answer the question, we don't let you in. I got all, I have a lot. A few pending requests where people didn't answer the question at all. Even, like, take a stab in the dark and I would let you in. But if you don't answer, (laughs) not letting you in. Hardcore. And (laughs) most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. Because... It makes us happy. <laughs> it also helps people it really find does. us. It really, really does. We read every yes. single one. And we hope that other people read them too. It helps them know what to expect um, and hopefully good things. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy Enns, Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes and subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids and families. Mom, I want a snack. Is that all? Are there more? Stay safe and well fed. Until next time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.